Welcome to the Happy Saver podcast. I'm Ruth, a personal finance blogger here in New Zealand. And in this podcast, which actually happens to be our 50th, I can't believe we've made it to 50 already, I chat to a diverse bunch of people, learn their story and condense it down so that you can hear helpful, relatable stories from Kiwis who are sharing their experiences, tips and point of view on personal finance right here in New Zealand. So with that being said, I first heard from Hamish when he sent me an email in late 2020 telling me that back in 2018, at the age of just 24, he'd saved up and bought a house in Palmerston North with a big deposit of $125,000 to buy a house for $379,000. Hence, no surprises, I was pretty keen to hear more from Hamish about the how and the why of this. And the short answer from him was he achieved it by planning and deliberate effort. He said that too many people fail to plan for something that they want, but they still expect it to happen. Not so with him. But before we hear from Hamish, I just have a quick message from Pocketsmith, today's sponsor. I'm a dog lover, big time. My big fella is called Blue and he has a heart of gold. He would do anything for me and vice versa. And that includes paying his hefty $1,000 vet bill when he recently broke a tooth. Thankfully these days these large unexpected bills no longer throw my finances off course like they used to. Pocketsmith provides personal finance software for all walks of life and that includes dog walks too. I've set up a budget for my dog in Pocketsmith. Each week I set aside a little bit of money that builds up over time so at a glance I can see that I have the money to just reach over and pay Blue's vet bill. Pocketsmith allows me to control my daily spending and plan for the unexpected and that gives me huge peace of mind. If you want that same sense of being in control of your finances with Pocketsmith, they've got a deal for you. Happy Saver listeners get a whopping 50% off your first two months of Pocketsmith's premium plan. To get your deal, go to pocketsmith.com forward slash the happy saver. Before picking up the phone, I had learned a little more about how Hamish managed to buy a home at the young age of just 24 because he had written an ebook about it, which I'll tell you more about shortly. It's just a couple of bucks and worth a read, particularly if you think that home ownership is way out of your league. He makes it pretty clear that it's not, by the way, but it's going to require many years of effort. And I must admit that I did think to myself, here we go, a young guy with one house to his name will now be hell-bent on buying up the street and taking on massive amounts of debt. But I have learned enough to never judge a book by its cover, and I was really looking forward to chatting to him. Hamish is a Kiwi, he grew up in Tauranga and now is 27 years old. When he was still at school, he got a part-time job at McDonald's and his savings habit began. He finished year 13 in 2011 and at the start of 2012 he joined the New Zealand Army and he's still serving with them today. I've not had the opportunity to talk with many people in the services here in New Zealand but he said that it's a pretty cool job and that a lot of people don't realise how good an opportunity it actually is with a lot of people ruling it out because it looks too darn hard. And although there are hard times, I'm sure, it's already provided him nine good years of employment. He works in logistics, he said, and has spent most of his time in New Zealand. But he has also gone overseas a lot, at least once a year with work, sometimes for extended periods, and he rattled off a number of really interesting countries that he's worked in so far. Some 2020 statistics New Zealand figures I found say that the median salary is $53,000 before tax. So with that as a reference point, I asked Hamish how much he is earning. When he first joined in 2012, he earned $34,000. That's $653 a week before tax. 
He paid about $100 a week for food and barracks, and he also paid into the KiwiSaver fund that he had started when he was working at McDonald's. Today, he is earning $70,000 a year before tax or $1,346 a week. And when he goes overseas for work, he gets an additional daily allowance on top of that of somewhere between $25 to $150. It just depends on where you go. I was interested to know how pay rates and pay rises work in the military. He said that pay is reviewed annually, every time you upskill or when you go up a rank. He receives free dental and free medical care, and he also receives a $300,000 life insurance policy as part of his role. Although the Army, Navy and Air Force used to have private super schemes, they're now only offered KiwiSaver, but they do contribute 4% to it, which is a percent higher than most workplaces in New Zealand. So all in all, I don't know about you, but I am thinking that the Army could provide an excellent career opportunity to many people. My own sister actually joined the Air Force straight out of school and she really enjoyed her time with them and it led on to a really good future career as well. So what about how he grew up back in Tauranga with his family? What financial advice did they have for Hamish? There were two key things that he mentioned. When he started his part-time job, they told him to join KiwiSaver, which he immediately did. The other key thing they did, which is pretty unique I think, is that a week before he left home to join the army, his dad scheduled a meeting with Craig's Investment where he was shown how to set up a managed fund. Hamish once again immediately took their advice and he set it up and a further motivation for this was that he had an economics teacher at school who used to tell them stories about their own investments including the time they bought up BHP shares before they had a big surge in value. All the kids in class took an interest and started to learn. Hamish's own parents had bought and sold shares in the 1980s and are still investors to this day. And he said his family are quite good at saving and staying disciplined so that they can save for holidays and stay out of debt, etc. And as average income earners, they are right on top of things. And they taught him to manage his money conservatively, something he's taken on board. And he said that he will still regularly talk to his parents about money. The way he so fluidly told me about this just cements something I often share with people, and that is to teach your own kids about money. That is, in my mind, the single most important thing you can do as a parent to ensure your kids have a good financial future, and it just saves them lost time trying to work it all out for themselves. Even with just the small amount he told me about his family, I could see that his parents obviously just led by example, and he picked up on those good habits and has taken them forward. I'm aware that when you're in the army, you are very much part of a team, and I was interested to know if sharing knowledge about money was something that was openly discussed. He said that on basic training, when he first joined up, a financial advisor came to talk to them. They gave them an introduction to KiwiSaver and also talked about a New Zealand Defence Force savings scheme. They taught them the basics of good money management, and some of the new recruits sucked up the information while others switched off. He made the very valid point that the person has to be in the right mindset to be interested in learning about money. But he said that he got to know his new colleagues very well and there was a wide range of people. Some were really disciplined financially, others less so. So a real mix. Hamish said that one guy saved $40,000 in two and a half years. Not bad on a salary of just $34,000, while another spent every cent and didn't sign up to KiwiSaver because he thought it was a scam. He said of that person that they've come right now, signed up and have also bought a house. Now Hamish is part of a messenger group where they can each ask each other questions about anything financial and really help each other out, which I love. Next I asked him how owning a house came about. 
At the age of just 18, he knew that he wanted to buy a house as soon as possible, which begged the question, why? He's always thought a house is what you do when you're an adult. He had the persistent thought to get it as young as possible and pay it off as fast as possible, so that's what he's doing. And with every paycheck, his goal was to save as much money as possible. He developed a disciplined habit of saving and living well within his means. When his pay arrived, he used to go and take $200 cash out of the ATM, and that was to cover his food, his leisure money, and everything he would need for the week. He was managing to save and invest $500 each fortnight from the get-go, basically, so that's $13,000 a year. He was putting this money straight into the managed fund he had, plus he was also contributing to his KiwiSaver, which was a risky strategy to put your house deposit at the mercy of the share market, but he said that his advisor at Craig's Investment was fine with this because he was young and he had a high appetite for risk. If it all went south, well, he had heaps of time to hold on for the recovery, but if things went well, as he was expecting that they would, then the growth in value would be an excellent boost to his house deposit. But he didn't bet the farm entirely, and at that time he kept $1,000 in the safety of a now-closed ANZ bonus bond scheme, plus he kept a couple of thousand cash in the bank for emergencies. Hamish impressed me again here because at a young age he had sought some good financial advice. He understood the investments he was making, and he was also learning the art of diversification and not putting all of his eggs just in one basket. And remember that when he joined at 18, he wanted a house ASAP. Well, ASAP took six and a half to seven years. That's how long it took him to save up his deposit, where every single pay, he set a portion of his income aside to save and grow. Every time he was stationed overseas and received that extra daily allowance, or when he got a pay rise, he saved every cent. He had a plan and he stuck to it and he didn't rush the process. I think that is where a lot of people go wrong. They have an idea and they want instant results. Well, as Hamish has shown, good things take time. Methodical saving of your own income over time truly works. I asked him what advice he might have for others wanting to buy their own home. Step one, he said, is to figure out where you want a house. Where do you want to live? Then work out what a house in that area costs. Step two, he said, is to break that cost down into bite-sized pieces. For example, if you think Auckland is the place for you and a house is worth a million dollars, then you need a $200,000 deposit. That's 10 years of saving, $20,000 a year. Or perhaps you have a partner and you could each save $100,000, halving the period of saving to five years. How much have you got in your KiwiSaver? If it's $50,000, well, now you only need to save $50,000 and that might take two and a half years. Break the problem down into bite-sized pieces is his advice and then just get moving. A $1 million house sounds insurmountable on its own, but less daunting when you break it down. So after all those years of saving, he was ready to buy and he found a house in Palmerston North and paid $379,000 for it. He had a big deposit by then, made up of $60,000 from shares that he sold, plus he had $60,000 from his KiwiSaver having drained his account down, leaving just $1,000 in it. He also received the $5,000 government grant, bringing his deposit up to $125,000 on his $379,000 house. So that's a deposit of over 30%, which is excellent. Now is the right time to chip in with the question I always ask, and that is if they could retain all of the knowledge that they have today regarding money and could go back to their 15-year-old self and start again, what would you do, whether it be the same or something quite different? 
Hamish said he would have taken the exact same steps, but he would have gone to a mortgage broker a year or two earlier and explained his situation and what he was trying to do and asked them how close they thought he was to his goal. He had a big deposit when he bought the house, but in hindsight, he could have bought sooner with a smaller deposit and got the house cheaper, and today he would have been further along with the mortgage. And that's great advice. Go and have those conversations with the experts early and see what knowledge and advice they can share with you. In the end, he took on a $254,000 mortgage, and when we spoke in February 2021, his current mortgage sits at $220,000. His next steps are to smash that mortgage out as fast as possible, and he anticipates owning it in full within nine years or by the age of just 36, a fully paid for house by the age of just 36, and all because he started thinking about and planning for it early. Now, he bought this property as a home for himself, and he lived in it for one and a half years before the army required him to be stationed somewhere else. While living in it, he fully insulated it and made it warm and dry and made it into a really good, healthy home. So when he moved away, it easily complied with the government guidelines, and in mid-2020, he tenanted the property at $450 a week. He does feel pride to be able to provide a good home to somebody. He pays a property manager a whopping 10% of this rent for them to manage the property, an amount he does question because if there is an issue, they still email him asking for guidance. It's a pretty good return for the property manager who was basically just on standby. But thinking about it practically, when he goes overseas, he knows his tenants and his property will be well supported. Now he is back to living in army barracks, so does not need a lot of space, and his own home is better utilised by someone else. His girlfriend lives in her own home in Palmerston North, so he is regularly back in his old town, and she kindly lets him stay at her place. So here are two people in their mid-twenties with their own homes, showing that with thought and planning, you can make it happen, if that's what you want for yourself. Now this is the part of the conversation that I was a little worried about. He is a young guy. He now has a stake in property and that property also has some capital gains because of the rising house prices in New Zealand. I thought I knew where this conversation might be heading, but I was happily proven to be wrong. He said that most Kiwis seem to think that owning rental properties is the absolute answer to all of their financial issues. And he said that in his mind, this actually shows up a lack of knowledge on finance. He does not want to do what others do and buy more property. He'd rather have one fully paid for house and an extensive share portfolio, giving him a much more diversified portfolio, which is music to my ears, I can tell you. So I wondered what, if anything, in regards to money keeps him awake at night. He thinks about how if interest rates go up, how that might affect the mortgage. In no way will it ruin him, but it may slow down his payoff date. Currently, his rental gives him 777 a fortnight after costs. He then pays 650 to the mortgage. The rest goes into an account to pay rates and insurance, leaving him, he said, cash flow positive by $5 per fortnight, so it pays for itself. Out of his own pay, he puts 180 a fortnight into his managed funds. He allows himself another 600 a fortnight to put aside to do with what he wants, but he tends to put this on the mortgage as well. The structure of his mortgage was to have a small amount on a floating rate, which he is paying down in chunks of about $1,000 a month, and the rest of the mortgage is fixed at 2.29%. When it is up for renewal in November, he'll put some more of it on floating and just keep smashing that out from his own income. He is busy trying to work out if, at that time, it might be worth his while to fix the lowest interest rate he can for, say, three to five years. 
He wants to try to do that because he thinks that there is only one way for interest rates to go, and that is up. As time passes, if he gets a pay rise, it will go straight on this mortgage too. And I asked him if he were given $10,000 right now, well, what would he do with it? He would pay $5,000 off his mortgage and put the rest into his current fund provider since moving away from Craig's, the Key Street International Equity Fund. It's also an actively managed fund. Talk of this fund had me asking about his investment mix. He now invests using that Key Street fund. And since 2017, through Sharesies as well, because he found it to be super easy, and across these providers, he has about $20,000 invested now with a third in managed funds and two-thirds in individual shares. So quite a risky investment strategy, really. But he's like many who like to hold some individual shares. And he says that over time, they've paid off and he is yet to lose money, which is both awesome and unique and lucky. He has an appetite for risk and the proof is in the pudding when I asked him how he reacted when the share market plunged in March 2020. His answer? He bought as much as he could because the share market was on sale. Good man, that is exactly the right way to look at it. What's the saying? Be fearful when others are greedy. Be greedy when others are fearful. Since draining his KiwiSaver to buy his house, he has continued to contribute 4% of his salary, which is matched by his employer, the government, and his balance is now back up to $16,500. One of my concerns with people talking about KiwiSaver as a first home deposit is that they remove a good long-term investment from the market and then they have to start all over again, something many might not do if they've stretched themselves too much to buy a home. They simply can't afford a mortgage and retirement savings. But this is where Hamish is a practical guy who started young and who has time on his side. The month after he drained his account, he started investments into it again, and hopefully that path continues for the next 38 years until the age of 65. If he does, he is going to be incredibly well set up heading into retirement. Now, we each have financial habits, whether we realise it or not, and his three main habits are, number one, he budgets using a Google Sheet on his phone so he can carry it around. It's really simple, he said, just a bill account that his pay goes into with automatic payments to a spending account and a savings account. He said that some people get freaked out when they think about budgeting, but it's just an emotional reaction, he said, and they shouldn't give up. Hamish feels better if he looks at his budget and it tells him that he has a plan even though it might be a shit plan, he said, he'd rather have a plan than no plan. I suspect his plan's pretty good, by the way. And number two, his KiwiSaver is just automatic and he doesn't have to do anything. He is with Booster in a socially responsible investment high-growth fund. He encourages you to check the fund you're in. He's surprised at how many people just do not know. Change your fund away from a default fund and make sure that you are in the right provider for you in the right fund and contributing the right percentage. And one thing that I'd add to this is check the fees you are paying because at 1.48% for this fund, that is considered very high and it will erode your returns over time. Number three is know your risk appetite. If you are still young and you have time, buy shares, crypto or other investments that interest you, he says. Make sure you understand what you're investing in and that you know what you are doing and just go for it and make it work. I asked how he worked out his own appetite for risk. And he said he based it on his age and he thought to himself, as long as he had an emergency fund set aside, it's currently $2,000 sitting as cash in the bank, the rest can go on his mortgage and into investments because he's still so young. He said that he is quite low maintenance and is happy to hang out with his girlfriend or go for a walk. He enjoys doing things that as luck would have it do not cost a lot. 
So what about his elevator pitch, a sentence that would sum up his approach to money? In his own words, it was pretty much this. If you work hard all week, but not at something you necessarily want to be doing, and you have done heaps of productive shit, but are really tired, when your paycheck comes in and you just waste your money, you should ask yourself the question, why do that to yourself? You are on a merry-go-round and just a hamster on a wheel. You work at a job you don't like, but your poor money habits are keeping you there. It's up to you to make a change. And Hamish, I know you struggled to get that thought out of your head when we spoke, so I hope I captured your sentiment well enough. So how about his biggest financial triumph? It was when he bought $3,000 of Amazon shares in 2016 and sold them for $6,000 in 2017, doubling his money. He is definitely enjoying investing because of the returns he has received. And he said you don't get that by buying a debt-laden house, nor do you have to pay rates and maintenance on shares. It will be interesting to check back in with Hamish as time goes on to see how his investing strategy changes. I think his approach is quite common for a younger guy. They often like to dabble in the market and pay a lot of attention. He is currently in high-risk, higher-fee active investments that don't necessarily mean high growth, and they are investments he needs to watch out for too and frequently keep an eye on. And I wonder if in time he might head down the more passive path. Time will tell, I guess. And his greatest financial flop? Nothing too damaging springs to mind, he says, perhaps starting a TAB account. He said he was terrible at picking a winner, even when it looked like a sure bet, so he did lose money there. Hamish is definitely more a saver than a spender, due to being pretty content with life and having simple tastes. Every once in a while he splashes out, he said. He loves to travel and he continued to do so even when he was saving for his house. He referenced a friend who had been deployed overseas for quite some time. He managed to save up about $120,000 while he was away. When he got home, the only thing he wanted to buy was a box of tea bags and some green apples. Hamish wants to be as content as him. Now, I like to ask this next question because, as a rule, no one ever mentions money. I asked Hamish, with everything you have going on in your life, what fulfills you the most? What brings you the most enjoyment? For him, it's choosing how to spend his time or having autonomy over his own time. He works a 40-hour week and spends five days living in barracks. So when he is on leave, he likes to choose how he spends his time. And personally, I think that the ultimate of financial independence is having full autonomy over your own time seven days a week. So what advice might Hamish have to others listening to this podcast, particularly to those in their teens and early 20s? He said he is not normally one to give advice, particularly unsolicited advice. He tends to talk to people to figure them out first and find out what they want to do. He then asks them how they're going to get there and see if they know. And if they're way off, he gives them a few ideas, maybe breaks it down into bite-sized pieces for them to think about. There is no one size fits all. Everyone is different. And at the end of the day, he said that he tries not to be overbearing with people when trying to help them because at the end of the day, being good with money all comes down to personal discipline and how motivated you are to make good things happen. You can read and listen to all the advice you like, but there is a point where you just have to get started. Now, remember I said he wrote an ebook. You can find it on Amazon and it's called The Kiwi House Deposit by Hamish Summers. And last time I checked, it was about $4 New Zealand to buy. And I'd really encourage you to grab a copy and support Hamish. And now that I know a lot more about him, I'm impressed that he found the time to write it. And having read it myself, I can tell you that there is value to be found in it. Now, a few podcasts that he recommends are this very one, because that is how he came across me. 
The One Up Project, that's a new New Zealand-based one worth checking out, he said. Dave Ramsey, which is very American, but the foundations are solid. The What's Next podcast, which is apparently some accountants from Auckland and is based around business. He finds a few gems regarding guidance for young people, and they tend to be anti-housing, instead talking about putting money in a great business and paying yourself that way as a path to success. He has found some good content on the JL Collins website, again an American, but I really rate this guy too. And Keep the Change is a New Zealand blog, he said, and it's also really worth checking out. It's money stuff broken down into plain English, and there is a lot of good relevant content for people in their 20s. Now before I wrap up, I have another quick message from today's sponsor. Thanks again to Pocketsmith for sponsoring The Happy Saver and helping me keep my own personal finances on track. If you want to supercharge your finances with Pocketsmith, have we got a deal for you. Happy Saver listeners get a whopping 50% off your first two months of Pocketsmith's premium plan. To get your deal, go to pocketsmith.com forward slash the happy saver. That's pocketsmith.com forward slash the happy saver. Well, I do conclude that Hamish is a bloody nice bloke. Um, His path towards generating wealth is not going to set the world on fire for its uniqueness or speed, but that's kind of the point for me. You can spend your time flipping houses, leveraging, mortgaging and looking for the next big thing to give you a burst of cash or you can take the path that's been trodden before and that we all know works. Hamish knew from a young age how he would buy a home and grow his wealth and then year after year he has hunted his goal down and he has my absolute respect for that. Using his fortnightly income, he has methodically saved and invested with every single paycheck and for now, owning his house outright is at the top of the list. But he is also investing on the side, making him well diversified and therefore more resilient. And once he has that home paid off, he'll then just focus on those other investments. Many people have the regret that they didn't start earlier in life on their investing journey. Well, Hamish, he won't ever have that regret. And all I see is a calm and methodical approach from an intelligent bloke. And from where I'm sitting, his financial future looks very, very bright indeed. So I just wanted to say a huge thank you to Hamish for sharing his money journey with us. Keep in touch and let me know how you get on. So that's all from me this week. I'll be back next Wednesday with another money journey of another Kiwi. If you want to get in touch, you can find me at thehappysaver.com and I would love it if you could leave me a five-star rating and review and share this with your friends. These are the best ways that people can learn about the podcast and I would love it most if you would talk more about money with your own friends and family and help me continue to help others be better with money. So until next time, happy saving. Happy saving.